Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy Spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same Spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Gospel According to St. Luke The scribes and Pharisees said to Jesus, The disciples of John the Baptist fast often and offer prayers, and the disciples of the Pharisees do the same. But yours eat and drink. Jesus answered them, Can you make the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come, and when the bridegroom is taken away from them, then they will fast in those days. And he also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new cloak to patch an old one. Otherwise, he will tear the new, and the piece from it will not match the old cloak. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, and it will still be spilled, and the skins will be ruined. Rather, new wine must be poured into fresh wineskins, and no one who has been drinking old wine desires new, for he says the old is good. Our Lord regards us as his intimate friends. After the banquet which Matthew offered our Lord and his friends on the occasion of his calling, some of the Jews came to Jesus and asked him why his disciples did not fast as the Pharisees and John's disciples did. And Jesus answered them, Can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? In an explicit reference to the death he was to suffer, He tells them that the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. Among the Jews, the bridegroom would be accompanied by some young men of his own age, his friends, like a guard of honor. They were called the friends of the bridegroom, and their mission was to honor the the person getting married, to join in his rejoicing, to take part in a special way in the celebrations that were held to mark the wedding. The wedding imagery appears frequently in sacred scripture to express the relationship between God and His people. The new covenant of the Messiah with His new people, the Church, is also described using this same imagery. John the Baptist referred to Christ as the bridegroom and to himself as the friend of the bridegroom. Jesus describes his followers as his intimate friends, the friends of the bridegroom. We have been invited to participate more intimately in the joy of the wedding banquet, which is a figure of the boundless happiness of the kingdom of heaven. 
On many occasions, our Lord honored His followers by describing them as His friends. One day, the Master, stretching out His hand over His disciples, pronounced these consoling words, Behold my mother and my brethren. And He taught us that those who believe and follow Him with deeds, whoever does the will of the Father in heaven, occupy in His heart a place of privilege and are united to Him with bonds that are stronger than those of the blood. In the discourse of the Last Supper, He tells them in tones of endearing simplicity and sincerity, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. The Lord offers Himself as an example of genuine and unreserved friendship, attracting everybody with great tenderness and affection. As St. Bernard puts it so well, at that moment, He allowed all the tenderness of His heart to escape. He opened His soul completely and from it there arose a most fragrant perfume, the perfume of a beautiful soul of a generous and noble heart. And he became a faithful and well-effacing friend for all. From him there came that power of attraction that St. Jerome compared to that of a powerful magnet. Jesus calls us his friends. He teaches us to receive everybody, to constantly extend and develop our capacity to make friends. We learn to do this only if we confidently open our hearts to Him in prayerful intimacy. For this world of ours to set its course in a Christian direction, which is the only one who will worth our while, we have to exercise a loyal friendship with men based on a prior loyal friendship with God. We learn from Jesus to have many friends. As Christians, we are always open to others. Jesus had friends among people of all social backgrounds and all walks of life, of all ages and circumstances. From people of high social standing like Nicodemus or Joseph of Arimathea to beggars like Bartimaeus. In most of the towns and villages, the master met people who loved him and who felt their friendship reciprocated by him. Friends whom the gospel doesn't always mention by name, but whose existence can be deduced. In Bethany, we find the sisters of Lazarus, whose trusting and at the same time painful message to Jesus is evidence of the strong bond of friendship that they had with him. Lord, he whom you love is ill. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When the master reached Bethany, Lazarus had already died. And to everybody's surprise, Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? Jesus weeps for his friend. He is not impervious to the sorrow of his close friends, nor to the emotional upheaval of someone confronted with the death of a dearly beloved relative. Jesus weeps silently, shedding manly tears, and the bystanders are astounded. We should never tire of considering how much our Lord loves us. 
Jesus is your friend, the friend, with a human heart like yours, with loving eyes that wept for Lazarus. And he loved you as much as he loved Lazarus. Jesus liked to talk with those people who came to see him or who met him along the way. He made use of those conversations, which often started with something trivial, in order to enter fully into their souls and fill them with the purpose in order with love. Anything and everything would be sufficient for his purpose in order to make friends and reveal to them not to forget that friendship and charity are one and the same thing. They are a divine light which spreads warmth. We can learn from Christ to have many friends taking advantage of every opportunity of simple proximity, of work, study, chance encounters, pre-planned meetings. The Christian is always open to others. With a friend, one shares the best things one has. In our case, we have nothing to compare with the love we have for Christ, strengthened over the years through so many hours of prayer. Think of all the things we have said to Him, and so much time spent beside the tabernacle. Apostolic zeal and the good social graces we try to cultivate should help us find points of contact and understanding with our companions, our clients, with all sorts of people, as well as enabling us to overlook and forget the things that divide. We learn to forgo gracefully our own point of view in unimportant differences of opinion that could otherwise make mutual trust and understanding difficult. If we regard ourselves as intimate friends of Jesus, it's logical that we would want to know all about friendship and be able, like him, to enter deeply into men's souls. Do we manage to communicate to others the love of Christ which we carry in our hearts? Charity perfects and strengthens friendship. A faithful friend is a sturdy shelter. He that has found one has found a treasure. There is nothing so precious as a faithful friend, and no scales can measure his excellence. So speaks sacred scripture about the value of friendship. At the same time as it teaches us how we have to seek it out, to use the means to find it. And once found, we have to cultivate it beyond the barrier of time or of distance, of all that tends to separate, of different tastes, opinions, or interests. Friendship requires us to help our friends. If you discover some defect in your friend, Correct him privately. Corrections do a lot of good and are more valuable than a dumb friendship, which stands silently by watching the friend drown. Friendship has to be persevering. We shouldn't change our friends the way children do, who allow themselves to be tossed about by the fickle motions of sentimentality. I will not be ashamed to protect a friend. Don't abandon him in his hour of need. Don't forget him. Don't deny him your affection, because friendship is the mainstay of life. Let us carry one another's burden, as the Apostle tells us. If a man's prosperity benefits all his friends, why shouldn't he count on their help in moments of adversity? Let us help our friend with our counsels. Let us unite our efforts to his. Let us share his afflictions. 
And when the occasion arises, let us put up with great sacrifices out of loyalty to our friend. We may perhaps have to face antagonisms to defend the cause of an innocent friend, and be prepared to receive insults when we try to reply and rebut those who attack and accuse him. In adversity, true friendship is tested, because in prosperity, everything appears faithful. Supernatural charity strengthens and enriches friendship. The love of Christ makes us more humane. It gives us a greater capacity to understand, and it makes us more open to everybody. In Christ, the best of all friends, we learn to strengthen a relationship that perhaps was beginning to weaken, to remove some obstacle, to overcome the tendency to slide into a state of cozy isolation. When we are close to Jesus, we learn to be better, to bring the people around us to holiness because we can offer them our faith in Him. Just think how many people down the centuries have journeyed along the path of friendship in our companies, in our Lord's company. Look upon Christ. You know well that He counts you among His close friends. We are the friends of the bridegroom, and He calls us to share His favor and his possessions. The words of the book of Sirach about friendship. There is nothing so precious as a faithful friend. Acquire their full meaning when applied to Christ. He showed his faithfulness by giving his life for each of us. Let us learn from him to be friends to our friends. And let us not cease to give them the best thing we have. Our Lord and love for Jesus. We give you thanks, Almighty God, for all thy benefits. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.